Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. I really, really wanted to teach, but I'll do that next Sunday. I really wanted to teach on the economy of God. Economy, economy of God. How many of you would love to hear that? Yeah, you, you think I'm talking about the Chancellor of the Exchequer? The economy of God. But um, I don't think God gave me the release yet. So hopefully next, by next Sunday I'll have the release. And I realized that I haven't finished the message on faith. And today being the first Sunday, let me finish developing your faith. Developing your faith because he's turning it around for you. I said he's turning it around for you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I, I'm reading from King James, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with the excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything amongst you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech, say my speech, my speech and my teaching were not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but with the demonstration of the spirit and power. He said, my speech and teaching, my speech and teaching. Shall we all say that together? My speech and teaching. Say speech. speech. Say teaching. teaching. Say it again, please. Speech. speech. Teaching. teaching. Say speech and teaching. teaching. One more time. Louder. All right, he said, My speech and teaching. Because in Corinthians, they were used to having, they had public um, gathering places. And it was very normal in those days that. Elocutionists, elocutionists, people who are trained to speak in a certain way to impress people will come and say all kinds of one-liners, wise things, amazing things. In, the Corinth, in, in Corinth, 
are in those times are in Corinth. That's that's the that's the norm. That's the order. So when people go for go to a public gathering, whether it's church or anything, they are expecting. It's just like you come here and then the place is very cold, no heating, or the other way around, whatever. No heating, no proper lighting. There's no speaker, no microphone, no speaker. You know, normally when you go to a public function and there are quite a few people there, you expect to have microphones. It's the norm of the, of the day. So those times when you go to a public gathering, you expect the speaker to be an elocutionist. Uh, the speaker to be very eloquent, to be able to articulate his words with such finesse and such uh, attraction that you are awed, you are awestruck, you just look at him and you are uh, flabbergasted. You, you just... <laughs> so, 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 like sometimes there are politicians do and stuff like that. You have a way like Obama. He was, you don't like him, but when he finished speaking, you like him. So, um, Paul went there preaching, and they were, they invited friends, and people, and the guy has not got anything to say exceptionally, and, you know, he didn't have the finesse. And he said, when I came to you, my preaching and my, my speech, actually used the word speech. Um, okay, so, well, okay, go back to verse, verse one, verse one. Right, when I came to you, I came not in the excel, you see, excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring the testimony of God. So that, I like this. This is the, this is the, the testimony of God can do the job by itself. That, that's why I expect pastors just teach the word. The word is good enough to work on the hearts of men. Mm, I've said this before. A few times, and I'm saying it again. No good preaching can change people. No good preaching. It doesn't take good preaching to change the hearts of men. It changes the Holy Spirit. It takes the Holy Spirit. Say the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Excuse me. It takes the Holy Spirit. So when Paul came, he says that my preaching, I didn't come declaring the testimony of God so that the weight of the testimony will be predicated on the eloquence of my speech, excellence of my speech, or the wisdom. He says that I, don't, I did not need that. God didn't need that. That's why I spoke before then in the previous chapter that Greeks, uh, Greeks look for wisdom, wise sayings, the, the intellectualism, but, and the Jews look for science. But he says that, but so to the Jews who are looking for signs, the preaching of the gospel is a stumbling block. I want a sign. What is this? And to the Greeks, he said it is foolishness. Because they want something that appeals to, oh, like this. Something that appeals to their mind. That's the problem with our generation. We have become so intellectual. Something, it's, any, everything must appeal to the mind first. So even when God is touching your heart, you try to shut your heart down because your mind is the one that must be appealed to. Faith is not of the mind. Faith is of the heart. Most of the people who have been convinced and been, been, been impressed more and 
impression had been made strongly on their heart, and they tried to do the things of God, follow the things of, on their mind, sorry, follow the things of God based on the impressions on their mind, don't last. Somebody may not have a lot of understanding and knowledge and uh, deep insight, but because the, the heart, the faith, you know, they are illiterate, uneducated people who have more faith and God is using them more than people who are so educated. I'm not saying it's not going to be educated. But what I'm saying is that faith and godliness is a function of the heart, not the mind. So our job as pastors or people who handle the oracles of God, the word of God, are meant to be able to bring down God to appeal to your heart, not your mind. The heart, when the heart is changed, then the mind will be renewed. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. But it says that with the heart man believes, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Salvation comes from the heart. It was, it was Paul in Romans chapter 10 who said that for with the heart man believes. Romans chapter 10. Then salvation, he didn't talk about mind. His heart. Then chapter 12, he said from verse 1, I beseech you therefore brethren that you present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable with your reasonable service. And then the next verse says that be ye transformed by the, the mind comes later. Are you trying to say that there shouldn't be any kind of reasoning? Understanding, watch this, understanding, even spiritual understanding, you must have a certain level of mental ascent. You can't be born again without a mental ascent. So intellectually, it, 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 it may make sense. Christ died for us, that's why we teach, we explain. But all this teaching and explanation is actually meant to push or bring God, infuse God, inject God into your heart. Because God communicates to your spirit, not your soul. Because God is a spirit. So the thing is meant, the teach, that's why you can't be a good pastor if you are not praying. You can't be a good teacher of God's word if you don't pray. You may be able to convince people, but you won't change anybody. The results that come as after uh, uh, that comes uh, uh, from preaching God's word doesn't come because it has been well uh, nicely presented, present, present, wonderful submission, glorious presentation. That's not what God backs. God does not back glorious presentation. He backs heartfelt, heart touched, full of revelation, insight from God presentation. So if you don't present something that is influenced by God, inspired by God from your heart, it doesn't change. That's why you can preach on fornication. And if it didn't come from your heart, people will even do it more. <laughs> All right. All right. So, wow. Wow. Okay. So, verse 4 says that my speech and my teaching, I like that bit. Hmm. Okay. My speech and my preaching. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but, the, but what? Demonstration. So the preaching and the speech was with demonstration of the Holy Spirit 
and what? And power. Why? Verse 4. That's where I've been trying to go and I've spent about five minutes talking about. What, what word is that? What word is that? All right, let's read it out loud. Let's go. One more time, louder. All right. So your faith can either, all right, can, can either stand in the, is it the wisdom thing. The wisdom thing is coming back. Your faith can either stand in the wisdom of men or in the power of God. Preaching is not advice. <laughs> it's, not, it's not advice. It's unveiling of the mysteries of God. Declaration of the oracles of God. So that your faith will not stand in the wisdom of God, but in the power of God. Now, my focus here is this word. Faith. So when we preach, it's supposed to affect faith. Either build faith in a certain direction, or either towards the direction of God's, or the power of the Holy Ghost, or in the direction of wisdom. But preaching and speech in church is meant to build faith. Why? Because without your faith, you ain't getting anything from God or going anywhere with God. So we come to church not just to have a good feeling, but we come to church to hear the word of God so that faith can be born or can be stirred up in us. Say faith. In, in the book of um, First Timothy, in the book of First, okay, let's do Titus first. Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1 verse. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Titus chapter 1 from verse 1. It says that Paul, a servant of, of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect. Do you know what it means? God, God, the word, the phrase God's elect. Do you know what it means? The people of God. Those God has called. Those of us in church, those who are born again, those of us who are saints. He said, I am a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. What was the basis of that? According to the faith of God's elect. How does NIV put it? Oh, no, no. Amplify. Amplified. A born servant. A born servant of God and an apostle, a special messenger of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, to stimulate and promote the faith of God's chosen ones. So what's my job? I'm to stimulate your faith. I'm to promote your faith. Not promote, uh, go and tell people that uh, your faith works, but you yourself, by the time I'm finishing, your faith has lifted. See, that's why I said that I do not want to preach in such a way that your faith, when, after your faith is lifted, is lifted at the platform is the wisdom of men. Because preaching is, for, is meant to lift faith. So he says that I have to, me the preacher, I have to preach in such a way that and I have to do my things in such a way that the Holy Spirit gets a clear access to your heart that he's 
His, ah, thank you, Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is, 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 is not eclipsed. When we are preaching, the, every good godly preaching, is, it's supposed to make sure that the Holy Spirit is not eclipsed by something nice and something else. That is why he says that, he said that the testimony of God, when I was, I, I, uh, the testimony of God, just nothing. I just came declaring without wisdom or not based on wisdom or excellency. Just the testimony of God is strong enough. Just the Holy, if people can see the Holy Spirit, the most stubborn of men will change. It's the Holy Spirit. So he says that when I preach, I know your faith is going to come alive. I know when I preach, I know, I know, because I'm a godly man, when I preach, and I'm going to preach from the word of God, when I preach, your faith is going to rise. Your faith is going to be built. But what he's saying is that, that your faith will not be built or stand in the wisdom of men or wisdom of men. And here, he said, Paul, an apost- a, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, was the purpose to stimulate and promote the faith of God's chosen ones and to lead them to the accurate discernment and recognition of the acquaintance with the truth which belongs, to, b- belongs and harmonizes with, with and tends to godly... Ah. You know, I, sometimes I spoke about the difference between godliness and morality. Yeah. All these things must end. That's why I can't wait to teach the economy of God. It's all about godliness. When we talk about godliness, most of us think it's morality. Niceness, behaving, behaving a certain way, nicely, or properly. No, no, no. I'm not talking about prim and proper behavior when we talk about godliness. We, when we talk about godliness, we are talking about the plan of God, the purpose of God being fulfilled. So, it is godly for you to be in church this morning. It helps fulfillment of God's plan and programming with your life. It's, it's godly. Sometimes some, some decisions may be good, but not godly. The fact that something is not godly doesn't mean it's evil. It may not be evil, it may be excellent, it may be good, but not godly. For instance, for instance, can I, uh, those of you who were in church yesterday, yesterday was amazing, amazing. Was it not amazing? Was yesterday's word a good word? Now, yesterday I, I just, oh, am I going back on myself? Is that okay? Is that, Pastor, is that okay? I go into that. Yesterday's word, Pastor, I, I want to calm down now. Pastor John, yesterday I was teaching on, mm, um, take it like that. <laughs> Jacob, can I recap it a little bit? Because he said, There is a man in the Bible called Jacob. Jacob, Jacob. God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Jacob was a very significant man. And Jacob, in Genesis chapter 29, came across a certain beautiful woman. The Bible says the woman had form, she had figure. And pretty. Bible said it, not, not me. Bible, Bible said her figure was stunning and she was pretty. And Jacob said, Ah, Jacob fell for her. And Jacob went to her father and went to work for her father. When he went to live for the, the woman's father, with the woman's father, he asked the woman's, the woman's father, said, I need to get you a job to do because you are my relative, so I can't just leave you. And then the, the woman's, uh, he asks for, I want your daughter to marry. He says that, okay. If you work for me seven years, I'll give you my daughter to marry. And some of you know the story. He worked for seven years, and then they gave, they gave him Leah. 
Leah, Genesis chapter um, um, 29. They, 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 they gave him Leah. And he said, why did you give me Leah? In fact, when he finished working, when he's finished his work, like the seven years, he went to Jacob, uh, sorry, Laban, and said to Laban, now I've paid my dues. Give me my wife. Did he say give me the woman? He said, give me my wife so I can sleep with her. Straight to the point. He wasn't beating around the bush. The other time I was counseling a couple, getting ready to marry, and I asked the gentleman, do you look forward to meeting the lady? Go into her, yes. He said, oh, not really. I said, hey, we have to call off the wedding. Why are you lying to me? Why are you lying to me? Why would you marry someone you don't look forward to? Yeah, and someone works in here, yes. Someone works for seven years for the same thing. Hey, listen, it's, it's part of marriage, okay? It's part of marriage, it, and it's good. Marriage in sex is very, it's, uh, sex in marriage is good. Is it, not, was it not good? Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know, we expect that. If you haven't done it, it's wrong. So you have to go and read. It's normal. It, so he said, give me my wife. Give me my wife so I can go into her, sleep with her. And they tricked him and gave him Leah. And in the morning, she, he went into her in the night, at night. After, that's what happens. When, and then in the morning, he woke up. He said, who is this? Oh, Leah, but what are you doing here? He said, I'm the one you are married. He went to the father-in-law. He said, why have you done that to me? I, I, I worked, I paid for Rachel. Why? He said, no, in our family, we don't do that. You have to, the elder one, older one must marry before the younger one. So he said, so what should I do? He said, you can work for seven years again for, yeah. So he worked for seven years, another seven years for the same woman. So in oh, how many? 40 years. He didn't work for seven years. And he didn't, he never worked for Leah. He worked for Rachel. Okay. His target was Rachel. Why? Bible says because he loved Rachel. That was yesterday's message. Wow. But what we didn't know is that according to the providence of God, Leah is the one that is supposed to be his wife. Leah. Leah, read your Bible. I can't go into that. I've taught on that already. Leah was the one, according to God's plan, who was supposed to be his wife. Not Rachel. It's Leah. And but, so how come he ended up with Rachel? Because he likes his, her body. Desire. His personal desire. Be careful. Some of you are married and you are not happy with your husband or wife. Hey. Take him like that. Two hash, double hashtag. Take him like that. <laughs> Sister, there's nothing you can do about your nose. Hey. Double hashtag. Hey. <laughs> your life. I, I don't want to preach yesterday's message. Your legs may not be like others. But you are using it to walk. So take it like that. There are some things you can't change. For instance, my hair is gone. After, one day my daughter asked me, Daddy, why is it that? It's not, it's, she, she said her friends in school, I believe one of, your daughter is one of them. Told her, <laughs> <laughs> told her, 
Your dad does not have hair. Your dad, because you know their dad has. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't find it nice because I didn't want people to laugh at my daughter. But what? I can't do anything about it, so I have to take it like that. I would have loved some hair, and I would, I would have done my hair like the way Brother Robert does the hair. Some curls, or this, or this brother, and you, you, but yours is heavier. Some, you see, some curls. Look, come, sir. Don't you think I will also look good in something like this? <laughs> I used to do it, and my hair was even nicer than his. Because my hair was smooth, curly, very nice. Oh, Jen, you remember? Very nice. Oh, when you see me, you think I'm a, I'm a Somalian. Or a <laughs> you would think I'm a Libyan or something. And that's how I got my wife. You think I'm... <laughs> But Jacob had his personal interest in Rachel. And so God's plan and God's program was struggling. But one thing I like about Jacob, because his heart, his greatest heart, his heart desire was to pursue the blessing. Even though his personal desires got in, it didn't take him away from the blessing. And so God's plans could still be fulfilled. But just that his desires brought extra charge. And yesterday I was explaining that he, when you read your Bible, Genesis chapter 30, Leah gave birth, God gave Leah one boy, second boy, third boy, fourth boy, Rachel, nothing. And when Rachel saw that she was not giving birth, she took Bila, her mate, and gave her to her husband, and he said, sleep with my husband so that she can, my wife, so that she can produce children for me, my maid, sorry, my maid. Sleep with my maid so that she can produce children on my behalf. Who did it? It was Rachel. And she, so Bila gave birth to two children, Gath and Naphtali, two children. And guess what? After they gave birth to two children, Leah, at that time, had also finished giving birth, had stopped. Leah said, ah, me too, I've got a maid. So brought her mate, and Jacob also took, uh, Jacob will take care, it, pro- it doesn't have a problem. I'm sure when he finished, ask any other one. <laughs> Gave, brought her mate, and Jacob laid with her, she also gave birth to two children. So, so you realize that even this mate, Four children coming from the maid was not actually really should have been if he had just stayed with one wife and the, the one God had for him. It was Rachel who introduced all these things. And finally, Rachel had Joseph. And when Rachel had Joseph, come say, you remember, Rachel had Joseph. Why am I preaching yesterday's message? And Rachel, Rachel, where is Benjamin? Come. So, so this is Rachel. Jacob, Rachel. Rachel eventually had Joseph. And then, that's why the father, Jacob, loved Joseph and made him coat of many colors. Why? Because he has always loved Rachel. And so he loved Rachel so much. The child Rachel produced was actually his son. But the Messiah never came through Rachel's line. He came through the line of Leah. Leah. 
Judah, Leah, Leah. And so he loved her, uh, sorry, him. So uh, she gave him, him jo- uh, Joseph, who means addition, loved him. And then she gave birth to Benjamin. Genesis chapter 35. And when she gave birth to Benjamin, after Benjamin was born, she died in labor. After after boy was born, she died. God had to remove this beloved. The guy was loving these people too much, but God had a plan. See, so your your taste is likely to cost you. Most I was telling them yesterday, sir, that when you buy a, a new car from the factory, some of the cars, a Mercedes-Benz can cost about 15,000 pounds. So why do they say some are expensive? And I, a class can cost 15, I don't know, I'm just assuming, can cost 15,000 pounds. Another A class can cost 40, 48,000 pounds. Why? Additions. I like this. I like headrests, especially headrests. So it's the extras you add on that brings the cost on your life. When I was telling them that you do not pay for breathing, do you? No. Do you pay for your, for your heart to beat? No. You don't. Why? Because it is part of your assignment, your packaging in life. Most of the greatness God has packaged for you, you don't, you, it won't cost you too much. It is your interest, your personal choices, the things that you are attracted to, the women you like, the kind of men you, the kind of man you want to marry is what is about to cost you. The kind of man you want to, the kind of woman you want, the kind of house you want to live in, the kind of car you want to drive. There's nothing wrong with cars. There's nothing wrong with women or a a wife or a husband. Nothing wrong. But you may, so you may have her, you may have him, you may have that house, and it will not disrupt the program of God, but just that it's going to bring extra cost on your life. Jacob said, Jacob's biggest problems in life was attached to these two boys. Joseph was sold. The guy almost died. He aged. Joseph was sold. And then in his old age, now Benjamin too was taken. Why? His love for, the problem started from his love for Rachel. And yet when Joseph died, Jacob died. He said he was buried where his wife Leah was buried. So they buried Abraham and his wife there. Isaac and his wife there. Jacob and his wife Rachel was buried there. Where's Leah? Sorry. You know what that? Jacob and his wife Leah. Where's Rachel? She was buried somewhere because he wasn't God's original plan. Thank you, sir. Be careful. This is your, the tips and desire you have. It may not be evil. The, it may not be evil. Is there anything evil desiring? Maybe you, you earn a lot and you choose to buy red soul. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. You deserve it. Maybe you work, you can pay for it. You deserve it. But the red soul may come with a special polish. And one thing will lead. So by the time you realize there's so much extra cost on your life, which has not actually disrupted God's program for your life, but it's actually brought in unnecessary weight on you as you are running to fulfill God's program. Jacob. Jacob. Take your husband like that. Take your hair like that. Take 
your legs like that. <laughs> Faith! It's so essential that a good preaching births faith in the hearts of people. He says that I am an apostle of Christ, apostle of Christ, a servant of God, called for the faith of God's elect. So this preaching that we, we come to church and we keep hearing is meant not just to do, ooh, I like this, not just to do miracles for us, but the, ah, why, so why do we get testimonies out of preaching? So that your faith will rest in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So the object of the preaching is your faith. But sometimes the backing of supernatural power testimonies are just in to draw your focus, the focus on the, and the platform of your faith to the power of the, of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Wow. Not to just nice preaching. Mm. Preaching brings faith. Why? Because faith is essential. Yes. Your faith is necessary. Yes, Other than that, you can sink any time and be screaming, where is God? God, why? God, why? Do you know why the gentleman sank in Matthew chapter 14, verse 28 downwards? He sank into the water, into the sea, into the river, whatever. Peter, when he walked on the water, he started sinking, he started sinking because his faith was waning. And he cried. He says that, but when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and he began to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. He cried, saying, Lord. So why are you not saying, for whoever shall call on the name, oh man, whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Any challenge that is persisting in your life, learn how to call on the name of the Lord over that situation. Call the name of the Lord over that medical report before it kills you. Stop looking for. I don't understand why someone will sit at home and call a preacher on TV to pray for you. I'm waiting. Call. I'm waiting. Call. And you are praying. And you are calling. And then you get, get up from your backside. Go to the house of God and go call on the name of the Lord. So, the man called on the, on the name of Jesus, and Jesus, verse 29, and Jesus, see what, verse 20, but when he, verse, okay, and then, all right, well, okay, sorry, let's go 31, verse 31. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand. Let's read, let's go, let's read it out loud, let's go. And said unto him, I don't hear. And said unto him, And said unto him, Is the littleness of your faith that is costing you the intervention of God? Oh, thou of little faith, why did you doubt? Thou of little faith. So if we can help get your faith to grow, you 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 will walk on the water. What others are sinking in, you'll be floating on. Because you don't float, you don't float by boat. You float by faith. It's a prophetic word for you. Yes. 
Do, do you understand that? Yes. <laughs> you, you don't float by boat. You float by faith. <laughs> hey, you float. Tell someone, you float by faith. You float by faith. So if you don't embark on faith building adventure, you are likely to sink. You will sink with all your nice hairstyle, all your nice jewelry, all the nice things you have, and yet you'll be sinking. Recently, or not too recent, but quite recently, a boat, an ocean liner, Concordia. Oh, not too long. About five years, four years ago. And those, 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 those stuff are very expensive. And you can imagine the top quality stuff inside. Yeah. All sunk. When a plane crashes, everything inside, the money, the food, the, you know, usually a lot of things, it all perishes. So the way you are so busy amassing physical things, why don't you also at least to protect those physical things in your life, why don't you also amass faith? Build your faith. It will save your marriage, oh. It, you, some of you, uh, if you think very carefully, something is in your bloodline. That's why when you go for checkup, they ask you, any sickness in your bloodline? Did your mother have diabetes? Did your father have this? Did your uh, uh, mental illness or this, this, uh, this, that? And by the time you realize so a child is born who is like fighting Taekwondo, the child. <laughs> it's not funny. I'm telling you. But you can't, can you imagine David Cameron? Sadly, he lost a child. But the child was born sick. Money doesn't guarantee this. You can't say, okay, because I'm very, very posh, I'm, I'm this, I'm, I'm, I'll determine. No. Med, medical science can go that far. But your faith can go farther. Amen. <laughs> Medical science can go that far, but your faith can go farther. Did you hear the lady's testimony that she didn't qualify, but she built faith by the testimony she had. She built faith. In fact, she normally, when she's on duty, she normally stays upstairs. But she begged that, can I come inside to be hearing what is going on so that my faith, I can connect and my faith come alive. She built her faith and she said, and I got it. I got it. Your faith. Your faith. What you are going through, it's not a, a threat to your future. It's your faithlessness that is a threat to your future. This is a nice one to tweet. You, can, can I repeat it? What you are going through, what your family is going through, is not, is not a threat to your future. It is your faithlessness that is threatening your future. That's why I have this mandate to teach God's word so that your faith can be built. When your faith, Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has sought to shake you like wheat. He has sought to, Luke chapter 20, 20, 23, verse 32, or 21, verse 32. He said, I've said, Luke 21, 20, 32, or 22, 31, rather 22, 31, whatever. He said, Satan has sought to shake you or sift you like wheat. 
but I've prayed for you. Luke 30, 22, 30, 32. Okay. So 31. He said, Simon, Simon. They were walking. They were, oh, Jesus said, Simon, Simon. Satan has sought to sift you, has desired to sift you like wheat. Can you imagine Satan shaking you like wheat? <laughs> That's worse than what the terrorists can do. Satan is shaking you like wheat. Everything around you will begin to fall apart. Your wig will be flying somewhere. Your lipstick will be here. You know when you are driving and it's top speed or something and then um, you're trying to do makeup in the car. Somebody's driving and trying to do makeup in the car, but you're, you know, stopping and by the time you realize the, the lipstick has gone here, the, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. When Satan is shaking you, your makeup is scattering. Your hair is flying, weak, is flying. <laughs> but Satan won't be able to shake you. Jesus said, Satan has desired. He has, he has asked for him. It's his plan. Listen, you, it doesn't matter how nice you are. Satan has plans for you. Oh, Pastor, now you are threatening. No, no, I'm not. Jesus was the one who was threatening you. <laughs> He's telling you the reality. In fact, critical. It used to be um, severe. The threat against your life used to be severe. Now Satan is, now that he realized that you want to take God serious, he's moving it to critical. Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has sought to sift you like wheat. But what did he say? What's the answer? Let's read, let's read out let's go. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. He should have prayed against Satan. It's Satan. I bind you, Satan. No, Jesus said, Satan is not a problem if your faith is in place. <laughs> I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Let him bring all see, uh, critical, severe, most critical, uh, in, uh, whatever. Let him bring it. Your faith will not fail. He will shake you and you won't feel it. It will be like a bed. Standing in the storm, mm. things are moving, but the bed is not moving. Yeah. Wow. That's what your faith can do for you. Yeah. Stefan, you get what I'm saying? That's what your faith can do for you. Tell someone, let your faith come alive. Yeah. Shake the person on the shoulder. Shake the person on the shoulder. Yeah. Shake the person harder. Some of you will not do it, even though I said, I said, check somebody. Let your faith come alive. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know it won't happen here, but there's sometimes, because when you are going to shake somebody on the shoulder, you have to also check. If you're a man and it's a lady and it's wearing shoulderless, don't be doing let your faith come alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, good. Today I'm working with time. So, so you don't have faith. You don't have faith. Who said fear? 
<laughs> so, now I'm coming back to what I've been teaching since last week, two weeks. Developing your faith. How do you develop your faith? The word. The word number two? Rehearse. Rehearse. That lady, where's, where's she? Um, Grace. Well, come. Grace's testimony, it's very, very significant. Not the results, but the means to the results. She said that so I had somebody's testimony. I've been applying for jobs and applying for jobs and applying for... <laughs> I thought she was also resting that we have resting. I've been applying for jobs and applying for jobs and applying for jobs and I'm not getting anything. But I came to church and I heard someone say, and Papa declared, Pastor declared, and I decided to tap into it. I decided to tap into it. And then I was upstairs. I was supposed to be... Did you say you were supposed to be standing upstairs? But then that week in particular, you said that Grace had to serve downstairs. So then Charlotte put me over there. So I was standing next to the door. And like everyone was looking at me like, why are you standing like leaving on the door? But I decided to like listen to the testimonies. Because when we're serving, we don't always get to like listen and enjoy the service. And like, you know, hear people's testimonies. So that week, everyone, almost everyone that came up with had proper declared, miracle jobs, and I've got a job, and I've got a job. And I'm thinking, you've gone for a job that's like way out of your league. So then when I heard this, I was like, prophecy declared it. And what happened? And it works, it works for you. So, she, she rest. Claudia. Claudia said that, you can go, thank you. Claudia said, my, my son mm. drank what? Milk. His father has been drinking a lot of milk, I think so. <laughs> what? Detergent. Hope cleaner. He opened it in his own jacuzzi. <laughs> he opened it and had a go and add mom to a mommy can also have <laughs> no, But that's serious. That's serious. How many of you know that's a very disturbing situation? But she said, no. Papa, she started speaking. Papa has been declaring that none of our children will be victims. She remembered, yes, that's it. She remembered, she remembered the declaration. So she rehearsed what testimonies have been going on and what has been said. She kept rehearsing it. Rehearsing it, think about, think about what God did. Think about what God is doing. Think about those things. Enough of what the documents you are showing with everybody. Here's what they are saying. Here's what they are saying. And you sleep with it. A guy, a guy I know, the doctor says something about him. No, not the doctor, psychiatrist says something about him. And that he's got signs of some sickness. And he went home very happy. It's a disturbing sickness, but happy that at least I've discovered who I really am. And for... He went to do a research on that illness, the different shades. When you speak to him, he will lecture you. you know, this one is like this illness. My own is this particular type. <laughs> Very interesting. Instead of rehearsing what God has said, you go constantly pondering, rehearsing what the the negativity of the situation and the shame that is coming. So you begin to, okay, so what am I going to do now that this is coming, now that this is coming, now that this is, that's all that you, you are preoccupied with the negativity and the grimness of it, the negativity on the situation. 
but rehearse the word of God. That's why you guys come to church. Please, anyone who tells you you come to church to encourage a pastor has deceived you. Because some of you, at a point in time, were not in church. Is it not so? There are people here who last week you were not in church. Do you think we are waiting for you to have service? Oh, no. We had a good time. Proper good time. Yesterday, some were not in church because obviously, as for the 365, they know everyone can make it every day. But yesterday, oh, yesterday it was good. How about Friday? Friday, Friday was something else. And Thursday coming, oh. Wednesday, ha, deep. Tuesday, amazing. Wednesday, Pastor Frank and Pastor Charles handled powerfully. Whilst I was the whole day in Monday, sorry, I was in, in Birmingham with the Birmingham church. Powerfully, having a good time. So, abs- people's absence doesn't actually stop the move of God. But the truth is, just, just, it's just nice to see you. Tell someone, it's just nice to see you. So, tell the person, make sure we always see you. That's the least, that, that, that's the biggest benefit we get from you, just seeing you. You know, it, it's nice. And your, yeah, thank you. And your smiles. And when they say shake someone, the way you could, it, some people, it's nice to shake them. <laughs> is it not so? Some people, it's nice to shake them. And so, so it's nice. It's nice to see you. Look, look at the smile on your face. It's nice to see you. See, when you are preaching, you see, smile, okay? When you are preaching, you see, <laughs> Phil, it's nice to see you. <laughs> That's, that's, that, but that's about it. Yeah. That does not determine my miracle. Yeah. That does not determine my blessing. Mm. But your presence will determine your faith. Mm. Your presence will determine your miracle. Yeah. Your faith will determine your, your future, your mm. destiny. Yeah. Your faith. It's not God's word that determines your... Uh, it's your faith that determines the outcome of your future. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's serious. So rehearse. So listen to God's word. Let the word of God keep coming to you. Number two, rehearse. Rehearse past victories. Rehearse the good things God has has done. Number three, what? Holy Spirit. Spirit. Learn how to walk with the Holy Spirit. Number four. Uh, Number four. Number four. Can I hear the man say it? Judge God faithful. We are saying, judge God faithful. Okay. Can I hear the man say it? Judge God faithful. How about ladies? Judge God faithful. Thursday, those of you were not there. Sometimes you encounter situations. Just judge God faithful. He will help you. Stand on his word. Some, how many of you have been through bad, rough times before? Very rough times before. And sometimes it looks like there's no hope. Some of you are going through very difficult times as I speak. Listen, just judge God faithfully. If he said he will help you, he will. Amen. Judge God faithfully. So the more, Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, God receives strength, sorry, Sarah herself receives strength to conceive because she judged God faithful. So when you judge God faithful, your faith comes alive. Now let me, I, I would like to put it this way. When you judge God faithful, you become, you become full of faith or faithful. You judge God faith, judging God faithful makes you faithful. <laughs> full of faith. 
you'll be, your faith comes alive. Amen. And what's the last one I gave? Confession. Confession. Claudia Donson Kofan says that when the child, the child drank the thing, she was rehearsing the word of God. She said the message that we have preached said, Papa has declared that none of us uh, we will not bury our child. We will not. She was declaring it, confessing it. And then she said she confessed the word of God. Let's look at um, Mark chapter 5, verse 28. Mark 5, 28. This is the story about the woman with the issue of blood. The scriptures say that she heard about, you remember last Thursday? She heard about Jesus. And then when she heard about Jesus, she decided to come and touch the hem of his garments. And when she was coming, this is what she said. For she said, if I may but touch the, his clothes, I shall be whole. She said. The point of entry of her faith was what she was saying. I thought last Thursday that your faith can never grow above your confession. Where your confession ends, that's where your faith ends. If you want your faith to go up higher, lift, start confessing higher. What the devil will tell you is, oh, but you know it's not true. No, I'm not. You have to confess what God has said. So God says, let the weak say. That's why we have been calling the name of Jesus. Because what comes out of your mouth sets the pace and the tone and the level for your faith. Yes. Hey, I know things are hard, but it's okay. Stop saying yeah. things are not good. Things are not good. How are you? Things, things bad. Things bad. Things bad. Things bad. Things no good. Things no good. Things bad. Ah, ah, I'm there though. Hmm. I'm there. Even don't tell your husband or your wife or your child who is you know, making you laugh, oh, you kill me, this child will kill me. No, please, for heaven's sake. It's a careless statement. In Matthew chapter 12, you have to see this text. In Matthew, it's not part of, I just, I'm just throwing this, throwing this in. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, he says that everyone will be judged. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof on the day of judgment. Idle words. You did, oh, I didn't mean it, but it was a, a, an idle word. Careless talk. Don't say that I didn't mean it. No, you'll be judged with what you say. Yes. I'm dying. I'm dying. Okay, maybe things look, and then I'm still sleeping. Maybe things look like you are dying. Things look like you are dying. But the truth is, do not say that I am dying. Don't, don't allow some things to come out of your mouth. Don't allow it. A woman of faith, a man of faith. Don't allow. In fact, you have to consider it very um, unacceptable. So long as your personal ethics and your personal values are concerned. You have to consider it unacceptable for some statement to come out of your mouth. Some of you are the reason why your children are not doing well in school. You have said it over this boy over and over and over. As for you, you are, you are not doing well at all. I look at you, your friends. You've said it over and over, and it keeps going down and down and down because you have designed his future with your ways. Mm. 
So, watch what you say. Mind your words. In fact, you have to write in front of your mirror. Or oh, some of you, fridge is better. <laughs> because your best companion is a fridge. Every time you are going. <laughs> Every two hours, you have to go to the fridge. Not to go and drink water. So that you can have something to masticate. <laughs> but you have to put it in front of your fridge. Or some part of your computer at the top. Or your television. Your 70-inch screen. You have to type four, uh, A4 and put it on the side. Mind your words. Mind your words. Tell someone, mind your words. Tell someone, watch what you say. Last Thursday I said that he said in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, that if, for, truly, truly I say unto you, whoever shall say to this mountain, be that moved and be cast. Verse 22 starts by saying, have faith in God. Okay, verse 22 said, have faith in God. Let's all say, have faith in God. Then he went on to say that for, watch this, have faith in God. Why? Because this is how it works. So that means the faith he's talking about is the speaking faith. Verse 22. Verse 22. And Jesus answering. Answering what? The issue about the fig tree he cursed. He spoke to a tree. And within 24 hours, the tree has withered from its roots. So when they saw, Peter said, Master, Master, look, the tree you cursed last night is already dead. And then he answering said, have faith in God. Because this is how faith works. Faith works by speaking. So then he went on to say, the verse 23, for, why should I have faith in God? For, why should I have faith in God? For. For verily, verily I say unto Jesus, for Jesus to say verily is a serious situation. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say, you don't have to be a pastor to say for heaven's sake. You don't have to be an apostle, you don't have to be a bishop. You don't have to, you don't have to be born again for 800 years or for, 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 for three years, five years, seven years before you can say something. No! Whosoever shall whosoever. Who is whosoever over here? So you don't have to wait for someone to say it for you. So whosoever shall say, no, shall pray. Say what you say, matter. Clear. Say what God has said. Say it. Sometimes you may be crying, but keep saying what God has said. Sometimes you may be down, but keep saying. Don't let your downness stop you from saying. Because your future, your blessing, your security is in your saying. I don't know how many of you have been sick before, ill before and couldn't eat. And they are forcing you to eat. Especially when you, if you live with your mother. Oh, mothers are so nice. They say, please, please, just a little. At least eat a little. Why? You don't feel for food, but listen, you have to eat. Your system is not looking for food. The last thing you want is food. 
because the way things, your system, your appetite has shut down. So you do, sometimes when you even eat, you throw, you throw up. Everything that goes in comes out, but they still put it in you. Why? Because you still need it. Now, listen, sometimes things are so bad. Yes, so now, you feel like throwing your Bible away. You feel like ending it. Even in that state, keep saying what God has said. Keep saying, because it is necessary for your survival. It is necessary for your rising. It is necessary for your victory. Say what God has said. Keep saying it. Things will discourage you. You are saying it and it will even be looking worse. But keep saying it. All right. The point here is, the child is throwing up but still eating. You said we should still keep the child some food to eat. Yes, because it's different from taking a medication and reacting. Confession is not like medicating and you react and you stop. Hey, no, let me stop this thing. No. It's like food the body needs to work. So when you when you confess, what, confess what? No what do you confess? No what do you confess? No when you confess God's word or what you have heard from God, you hold on to it. Even though things are contrary, even though things are not the way you thought it should be, keep confessing God's word. Stay on the confession. You know when they give you medication, sometimes they tell you that, Take it for this number of days, and uh, maybe t- for 10 days. Yeah. And the first five days, nothing has changed. Yeah. Would they tell you to stop? No. The course is 10 days. So just finish the course and let's see the results. Yeah. And the course for confession of God's word is lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> because, because you keep confessing. I'll, I'll be married. I know my husband is coming. I know my wife is coming. I know I have a good marriage. And there's nobody in the horizon. Like, I know my, my, my marriage will be great. I know my marriage will be great. And confessing marriage scriptures and be confident. I know my marriage will be great. I know, and, not, and you grow one more year. My marriage will be great two more years. My mar- and you keep growing. Don't stop the confession, even if you are 72. Because by faith, Sarah herself, ooh, Sarah herself, ooh, by faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive when she was past age. Because for all you may know, for all of us, we know that human, the span of uh, some activities in your life must be within a certain season. But Sarah's own was outside of the season. It has, it has entered, that, that's death. That's menopause. That's death. So you should have, that's from childhood. You can't conceive until uh, uh, puberty, after puberty. Now, so Sarah had all this, the largest part of her life. It didn't happen until she has gone past menopause and she entered here getting ready to die. And then because she judged God, suddenly, Bible says that who would have said to Abraham, Sarah would have would nurse a child for you? But why? She judged God faithful. It doesn't matter how bad, how worse, how extreme, how far things go. You got to learn how to maintain your confession. Harriet, learn how to maintain your confession. Learn how to maintain your confession. 
God. That is what will keep your faith alive. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not, does, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that the things that he say, your belief is not about what will happen, but what you are saying. Your belief, your belief. Believe it that, but, 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 and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatever, whatsoever, whatsoever they say. No. The doctors can say something. The government can say something. Policy makers can say something. But what you say by faith, based on God's word, is what eventually happens for your future. Shout amen. Amen. Grow your faith. Confession or the word of God. Rehearse the word of God. The Holy Spirit. Your confession. Is that, is that it? Your co- Sorry, judge God faithful, yes. Your confession and last two, which I won't comment much on. Act on your faith. Exercise your faith. It makes your faith grow. And then the last one. Uh, let me give you a scripture for exercise your faith. Is that, is that, is that, would that be okay? Man, it's a, it's a nice scripture. In the book of Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Verse 5. Would you be able to help me read it out from the screen? Is that okay? All right. Let's read. Let's go. I can't hear you. What am I talking about? Developing your faith. So you're not the only one who actually wants your faith, your faith to grow. They went to Jesus and said, Sir, increase our faith. Do you know Jesus' response? What did Jesus say? Verse 6. And uh, let's go. You come on tree, be thou plucked up by the roots, and be thou planted into the sea. And it shall, if you have faith like a mustard seed, watch this, watch this. If you have faith like a mustard seed, mustard seed in those days was the smallest known seed in those times. If you have faith like a master seed, you will say, and things will happen now. So when they say increase our faith, he said, the little you have, use it. The little you have, act on it, and your faith will be growing. Does that make sense? The little faith you have, act on it. Pay your tithe. (laughs) He heard the lady's testimony. Is that Suzette? Was it you? He said, she said that if she pays, she, she didn't have enough money after she received her pay. If she pays her tithe, she gives her tithe, it means that she won't be able to cover some bills. But she, what did you say you decided to do? You, don't come, don't come, don't worry. You, you decided to, to do, obey God promptly. That's the word I remember. You decided to, to do what? Did it. And then after the after the service, someone walked to her. Who da- did the person know that you have just paid? The person they didn't know. Someone walked to her and handed her an envelope and she didn't even open it. Went home, she opened it. It was exactly did you say it's exactly the amount you needed? Uh, huh? the ex- 
the exact amount, not more, not less, exact amount she needed to pay that bill because she obeyed God. Yeah, I want to get your attention. Some people are sleeping, so. <laughs> act on your faith. The little one, act on it. Take a step. You are feeling sick in your body. Don't lie down. Try, walk. As you are confessing, by, uh, 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 by his stripes I am healed. Walk. Try and take some self. If it's too much, you rest a little bit. Act on your faith. That's how your faith grows. And then finally, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Sorry, verse 2. So let, let's, let's, let's mention and enumerate them again, the points. How do you grow your faith? Number one, the word of God. Number two, rehearse. Number three, Holy Spirit. Number four, judge God faithful. Number five, confession. Number six, act on your faith. Number seven, Christ said tenderness. Focus on Christ. Focus on Christ. Because, do you know why you should focus on Christ? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Let's all read it out loud. Let's go. One more time. Today, some have decided they will not read. Is it because I preached on fornication two weeks ago or something like that? <laughs> So let's, 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 let's go. Let's read it out. Let's go. Last time. Can you imagine when you are running the race? He said, Don't look on the track. Don't look on the track. Look onto Jesus. Keep your eye on Jesus as you run. Why? Because it takes faith to finish the race. And if your faith can come, he's, who is Jesus? The author and the finisher of your faith. So the more you look up to him, the more your faith comes alive. Look up to Jesus. Look unto Jesus. I know sometimes it looks like everyone has passed you by. Sometimes it looks like there's no help for you. Don't worry. Look unto Jesus. How many of you sometimes know that sometimes things can be so hard? There's someone here, you've been crying all your eyes out the whole week. You've been crying and crying and crying and crying. I have good news for you. Look unto Jesus. Because Human beings, men, may not be able to help you. Yes. How many of you have been let down by men? I don't, when I mean, I don't mean gender men, but human beings, men. How many of you have been let down before by people you thought would be there for you? People you thought, they said, don't worry, as soon as I get the job, you are the first person who, come, who is coming. And when they got there, they said, can you bring your CV? And you gave your CV to them, they treat her, they didn't even mind you. <laughs> or oh, Pastor Frank is even, they changed their number. <laughs> oh, David, you remember? Oh, this person, you're my friend. And today is that. See, human beings have been designed to let you down. Yeah. 
so that you'll be forced to look up to God. Yes. So, say, looking unto Jesus, Amen. the author and the finisher of our faith, Amen. who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat at the right hand of the throne of majesty. Look unto Jesus. Mama J, look unto Jesus. Amen. Your health is covered. Amen. Sister, look unto Jesus. Your marriage is covered. Amen. My darling, look unto Jesus. Your health is taken care of. Amen. Your finances are covered. Your business is covered. Amen. Your children are covered. Your children are covered. Your children are covered. Amen. Amen. May I say this again in, con- in conclusion? I'm prophesying on this matter. There's no woman in this church who is permitted to be fruitless, childless. No woman! I said no woman stays in this church and remains childless. It cannot be. It cannot be. No woman. If I, my wife, could not be childless, you cannot be childless. And as you stay with God and serve in the house, I take it to another level. You will not bury a child. You will not bury a child. You will not bury a child. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I put my faith in you. Lift up your right hand, please. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the work on the cross. Thank you that you are the author and the finisher of my faith. I look unto Jesus. I look unto you for my faith to rise. Oh Lord, my faith is in you. Oh Lord, my confidence is in you. Oh Lord, my hope is in you and I know I will never 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 be put to shame oh Lord show your power in my life I know you have taken care of me I know you have gone ahead of me I know your power is working for me you are turning it around for me you are turning it around for me I receive your help. I receive your help. I receive your help. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Please, let's bow our heads. Thank you. Thank you. Let's bow our heads. You are here. And you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. Because I want to start afresh with Jesus. I want to invite Jesus in my heart. I know God has been speaking to me. I do not have time to postpone anymore. Pastor, pray with me. That's your genuine prayer. It's from your heart. You want to actually start afresh with Jesus. You want to start afresh with Jesus. You want to... Let Jesus come into your life to be your Lord, to be at the, at the steering wheel of your life. 
so that your faith can be in God and you can walk with him fully by faith. If that is your genuine prayer, you are praying, the pastor, pray with me. I, need, I would like you to pray with me. I would like you to pray with me for me to uh, start afresh with Jesus. If that's your genuine prayer, lift up your right hand high so I can see it and pray with you. Lift up your right hand. You want to say, God bless you. Please lift up your hands if you are standing in front. God bless you. Lift up your two hands high as a sign of surrenderance and say, Lord Jesus, say after me from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I've sinned against you. But I believe that you died on the cross to save me. Today, I've heard your word. I've stepped out in faith and I welcome you. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. I'll obey you. I'll serve you. I'll be faithful. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me this opportunity. Help me to understand it more as I grow in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you for my precious brothers and sisters who you spoke to and decided to be humble enough to obey your word. As they stepped forward, I pray upon them over their lives that they will experience open heavens. That Lord, you will raise them for amazing work. Use them to bring glory to your name. Anything that have gone wrong in their life or any direction of their life that need to be changed, I pray for grace and strength that they will be able to realign to your purpose for their future. I bless you with the peace of Almighty God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.